uh, practicing within this uh, situation here retreat or a sense of uh, limitation seclusion mm. commitment with this limited amount of input repetitive duties meditation mm. um, this is a it's kind of a relief at first just to get to that simplicity but then also one can find oneself getting rather stale or restless or bored or kind of losing some of the Tapa or atapi, the ardency, the interest you know, in practice, in Dhamma. And this is a natural hurdle. And it could be the case even, you know, just having done, you know, three, four, five years of meditation, seven or eight years of meditation, you know, you've watched a few thoughts come and go. <laughs> And a few more and ups and downs and oh, where next you know <laughs> they're sort of like skidding along the top of the mind not really able to penetrate it you know, hitting the glass glass surface or the circumstances and histories and run around and we get rehearsing those narrative stories yeah, and then when the stories kind of get <laughs> lose some of the intensity, just become dull, repetitive things like remembering old songs from twenty years ago. Just <laughs> absolutely no, no much flavour in it at all. It's just something that's just on the surface. Just mind just twiddles that one around, something to do, or playing chess games in your head, or something of this nature. Speculation upon things that have no real value, because the mind is just not penetrating; it's just skidding along the surface of the thought and perception and and so forth. It's still very much uh, entering it, not entering its own domain, or entering the domain of jitta, depth of heart. Yeah, and there can be this sort of rather. Uh, dreary uh, surface or sometimes numbing you know you feel the energy just saps you feel your body sinks and you just can't get it up it scatters sticks you know somatic effects where you feel yourself kind of pulled down by strange lethargy and we imagine oh I just need some sleep but isn't really the case. Uh, and yeah, we do need some sleep. But some things are not uh, about that. They're just about the um, residual sloth torpor, lethargy of the mind, you know, which builds up through being uh, turned in a, turned always to external phenomena. In a, in a kind of seeking its reference and its guidance from external phenomena 
So when they lose some of their value because you're doing the same thing and it's not about excitement or pleasure or reward, it's just doing the same thing, the mind kind of sinks into a apathetic state and it's a somatic effect to it. It's very energy drains. And uh, readiness is really the play, the crossover point when we come into these places where we're normal set of actions and values and ways of doing things don't really work anymore. And to change, have to grow up. Chitta has to grow up. So it's rather like a, a, a youngster. First of all, the youngsters very much involved with their parents because that's what they, they they're born in that. So they're taking a leave from their mother, their father, and very much associated with that and their home and their school and their job and so forth. These are associated with that, and that's that's nature. That's necessary. Yeah. But it hasn't found itself yet. Has not really found its own uh, truth, its own veracity, its authenticity. It's still just following the messages of uh, of the world. Mm. Like, uh, say, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old. And some people should never grow up beyond that. As you, as you, you know, most of the uh, uh, media is about, you know, rather immature politicians and just still full with greed and grabbing and petulance and pettiness and really behaviour that doesn't really suit a ten-year-old, let alone an adult. The chit hasn't really become an adult yet because it's still, I want, I don't want, I want it now. Uh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I'll get this, I'll get that. Uh, yeah, and uh, driven, desperate for reward or praise or uh, gratification, and frightened and nervous of, of uh, pain and displeasure and discomfort. Mm. Then we're going to get through that. There is a way through it. Otherwise, we're running all the time. Otherwise we'd be running all the time. Running away from blame and criticism and discomfort. Worldly wins. And you're beyond that. Through that. And there's a threshold. And it's a difficult one. Because you know, you even you can find yourself just bouncing around on the surface of the mind and do this and then that and then next month and then this and that didn't ring around. What's up? And then what's the point of being here with this? Can't get the energy, the vigor. The 
the faith. So, you know, it's not, it's not about lay people, it's about humans. You know, someone else can do the same thing, just kind of dither around, you know, not really finding a way through. Once we really present this like this, you see there's a sense this is a necessary hurdle, necessary thing to get through. And you don't get through it by following the way of the world. This is where your lineage changes. It's called change of lineage. You're leaving the the parents in a way. And the parents for the, in this sense, is the sense world. The world of sense consciousness with its um, time and place and Know, go here, go there, and become this and become that, and eat this and see that, and work that out. Yeah, you know, not, not dismissing it, but you see, it's there. You, you learn from that. You learn certain strengths, just like your parents. You learn certain strengths from them. To, but the idea is that you become yourself. <laughs> you learn the strengths. You learn the the nobility that they offer you, or the generosity, you learn that, but then you incorporate it into yourself, into your own life. Live your life, then a true parent wants you to live your own life, not to live their life, or just be a clone. You know? Similarly, in a chitta, we can learn certain things in the sensory world. You know, it's a lure, and how it has to be carefully governed and understood and how to operate smoothly within it, steadily within it. So a lot of our practice is really just about this, how we train ourselves to operate uh, with the environment, care, steadiness, thoughtfulness, not rushing, not blurred, not casual, not dismissive. Uh, We train ourselves to work cleanly, with clarity, put things away tidily, you know. Work with a sense of steady, smooth purpose, not panicking, not fras- not trying to do everything, not getting frazzled. Uh, you, you, you learn from that. Uh, then even summoners, you think about how you eat. Uh, you respect the food that you eat, so you're not just slinging it down. <laughs> because it's offered, you respect, you eat respectfully. A little bit of time, not in a hurry. You clean your bowl respectfully. You look after your cootie respectfully. Not as a, not as a possession that you kind of you know, decorate, but as a as a as a gift, as a shelter in the body. In respect. So that's how you relate to the sense world in that way. For it's uh, and you train yourself in that way. This is how you live in the sense world without being enmeshed in it or dazzled by it. You tidy it, you operate through it. This is like the elephant moves through the jungle. The squirrel rushes round picking up this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that. 
elephant just keeps going through. It moves through the world without getting snared in it. This is the trained chitta. And you move through the world of praise and blame. And gain and loss and frustration and things not going one's way and things going well. You just keep steadily moving through. And this is the adult, the adult chitta. It's not taking its, it's not identifying with these worldly values, whether things are pleasant or unpleasant, whether you're rewarded or praised or not. Not, not taking its references, no, it's taking its references to its integrity, clarity, composure, steadiness, wisdom, and resolution. Yeah, its own qualities, and developing parami. And this is how the jitta picks up its strength and grows and ripens and it becomes strong. Strong jitta gets through, not through crashing and barging, just through steadily moving through these restrictions of dullness, of fatigue, and, uh, irritation, restlessness, uh, moving through the surface, uh, dazzling impressions in the mind. So naturally there's a certain resolution that's required, aditana. Aditana higher means something like the further foundation. And this is something we apply with care. And certainly when you're doing these uh, uh, formal practice sessions, the sense in which, you know, the elder or the elders have established a particular, you know, routine that we're all trying to live up to. We're all, we've been offered the place, situation, support, the elders offering guidance, it's to work with. Well, it's a sense of honour, we'll do what we can, we do the best we can with that, out of respect for the thoughtfulness of the elder, the elders and the generosity of the people who offer support. And the long term, you know, you know, the people who over 20, 30 years have built the place and established the place and gained the support and channeled it for our welfare. Even further back, you know, hundreds of years who've kept the Dhamma going. So you live in that sense of the continuum and you honour it. You honour it. So, you know, this is bringing it to that strengthening the mind by this recollection and uh, respect and honour. So this is setting your views straight. <clears throat> and so then with Aditana you, you establish this, this, this view, viewpoint, and you commit to that. Well, I'll practice with a sense of honour, integrity, the fullness of my capacities. There's no no checkered flag. There's no trophies being handed out. You know? There's nobody being blamed. Or you say you do the best you can, and you know, and try to know, try to know through the get through the voices in the head, the moods and the emotions. You know. The, Flickerings of interest get through it for your own welfare. 
and take your time but pace yourself and make that particular effort to challenge and meet those very convincing forces that always want us to make us sink down <laughs> you know the mind is not bright doesn't want to bother <laughs> distract come on you know know it know it for yourself so this sense of honor and integrity is really guiding light it's not about pressurizing or you know trying to conform to what everybody else is doing but conform to your own sense of honor and integrity because that's something you can you should know and is reliable and set your view straight and this aditana then sets up satipatthana Satipatthana is establishing sati in the, in the right way. And sati is associated with uh, something like mem- remembering. One of the ways in which sati mindfulness is defined is one is able to remember the meaning of things said, things and deeds done long ago. Words said long ago and deeds said done long ago. You remember. You bear in mind. Particularly teachings and examples. Hmm? So it's that gathering. Gathering. So all the resources are gathered. In your your heart. This is the way it's defined in the suttas. This, so sometimes people think, oh, it's just about being in the present moment, but that's not, that's not the reference. There really is no such thing as a present moment. There's, a, there's the presently arising, pachupana, dependently arising qualities are happening, but these are like uh, stemming from past, from conditions, that have been laid down, causes, histories, they're all coming together at this particular welling up. And we should remember that because, you know, if just at one point, mindfulness is only about being in the present, then you wouldn't be able to remember teachings that you were given an hour ago. <laughs> wouldn't be much use, would it? It's actually, it's bringing into direct experience the values and the qualities that one has, has studied, learned, born in mind, have touched your heart. You know, and it may not be many, but even two or three, just keep bringing yourself back to that, remembering it, resonating with it, feeding on it, letting it lift you, and you're a little bit inspired or gladdened or reassured or comforted, you know, and then practice. Okay, now you're ready. And you bring that to bear. And the recommendation of the Buddha is bring it into your body. Because this is, uh, first of all, it's, it's uh, relatively stable compared with thought formations. Yeah. And it has a, a grounding effect. It means it's got a, the energy of the body is slightly different 
slower, steadier than the energy of the thinking mind. So it helps you to just shift out of one of this most powerful, um, deluding experiences, which is the rapid thinking, which scurries along. And you're just dazzled by it. So much so we don't see or realize the ethical or the, the heart qualities in that thinking mind. Is that thinking mind, whether it's dazzling notions, is it just restless? Is it frightened? Is it craving? Is it jealous? Is it nervous? You know, really, we don't see or realize the heart qualities, the, the problems that are, that are underneath the surface of the thinking mind. The depressions, the anxieties that the thinking mind is scurrying along. You know, trying to keep them covered. So you want to get through that. And the body, you turn into that, the energy, the body kind of helps you to, mind to just step back or get beneath this cloud of thought. And you bring it back time and time again. Use thinking. Use the thinking mind to bring yourself back to that. Touch lightly, consider, reflect, and then use your recollections of Dhamma again and again to you know, like patience. Mm. Patience. <laughs> yeah. Kindness. <laughs> These aren't complicated concepts, but to, to use the thinking mind to touch into those heart tones, those chitta realities those meanings, and you bring them to mind, and you bear with them. And then say you're there, and then you're using that to your body. There's a certain meeting place where the mind, or the, the heart, the awareness and the body connect, which is where concentration or samadhi arises. Because the, the, you know, the mind is steady and held, becomes becomes consolidated through that. It's also where the uh, these um, afflictive patterns can be sensed and need to be sensed in order to be undone. So we call it the somatic experience, the inner body, the uh, the consciousness body, the body as a sensing being. When you sit and meditate, and then you get the physical sensations within that, you get the energy forms of the body, the cloudy, or the bright, or the unbalanced, or the tangled, or the constricted, or the slumping. You know, and this is not just some coincidental phenomenon. These are, this is a, these are the residual effects of um, you know, outflows and hindrances and scattered mind uh, uh, we, you know, we've raced in our bodies we've we, you know, so all this patterning uh, mental patterning gets imprinted on the somatic field of the mind the energies of the somatic field of the body energies in the body yeah. and often they are need to be matured because they're like children too 
they're not uh, steady, upright, whole, complete, they're tangled, they're restricted, they're mm, unbalanced. So a practice is just bringing attention into these energies and is steadying by spreading awareness through it. And it's and connecting to places where you do feel we always have a primary strength somewhere in a bodily domain. Or even so once you start to make resolution in your own mind, resolution you'll find something in your body becomes for momentarily steadies. Oh yes. So whenever you really touch the heart, touch the meaning of something, feel the place where you yes, that's true. You feel something in your body goes, yes, become stronger. And you go to that place time and time again, very stronger or cooler or more spacious or whatever, the good place, you know, where there's a sense of this is not just circumstance, this is an inner treasure. You go there, bring your attention there, steady in that, keep feeding that, resolve around that. And meditate with that till so it becomes, it grows up, able to then repel the fog and the dissonances, the, the traces of uh, ignorance that are left in the body. And then it becomes stronger. The body becomes stronger, the jitta becomes stronger, it becomes stronger, it becomes wiser. It's able to see clearly. Mm come out of the days, out of the grogginess. That's that, that's that, that's that. What's it got to do with me? You know, this is just, you know, childhood stuff, finished. Enough of that. Fantasy, daydreams, enough of that. Short-term gratification. Why bother with that? Yeah. Petty squabbles beneath me. Don't bother with it. So just stands up. Becomes a noble elephant. Then you can carry a lot, carry blows and cold, and carry carry a lot. And if you notice, uh, you've seen elephants in the wild. Generally, they're pretty pretty mild creatures. They move very quietly. Amazing creatures the size of a tree moving on without a sound because they have these beautiful beautiful feet with thick pad of gelatin on the sole so they can move with hardly a sound they just you know and they're so the trunk can pick up a needle with a trunk they're that exquisitely refined you know 
it's like the chitta is both quiet, it's not crashing around, not plundering, it's sensitive, but it's also, it's got that uh, untangled strength to it. Uh, but for this, it has, to, it has to grow up, you know. And uh, growing up isn't uh, something you do as an imperative, it's not an order, you've got to grow up. It's a fact that we have to spend the time maturing and discarding and actually weaning ourselves, giving ourselves the right kind of encouragement to achieve that maturity. And this is a situation for that, a sense of what are we here for, you know? And it's going to be some struggle working with things. But you're going to find that, uh, you know, most all the hindrances uh, come down to several key patterns. There's the, they throw you out into fantasy, you know, sense objects, sense desires, or planning and organizing. They throw you out into this very busy, scattered state. Yeah. Or they sink you down into this kind of uh, uh, negative <laughs> state, either grumpy or negative or ir- irritated or just sort of flattened, dull. <laughs> or they do one and the other. <laughs> or you swing from one to the other. <laughs> and then, of course, well, they, 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 they also then, the main thing is to destroy confidence. <laughs> So you have this doubt, which is not much, uh, not lack of information means a lack of confidence. You lose your faith. You think I can't. The point. Just don't know what I'm doing. Really, you, always, uh, you lose that, that. That yes, I can. There's a possibility. So these are the patterns that they they take for everyone, myself included. And that's the way they've always been. That's why they're so clearly illustrated. Why the Buddha says know these, because this is what everybody's going to meet. It's not just mine. It's everybody's going to meet these standard, you know, thieves. <laughs> of the, steal the chitta, throw it out, crush it down, spin it around, and then you stay. You lack, lose any ability to penetrate to, to truth, to add, to become a true adult chitta. He says it's like, uh, and you can you know, contemplate the patterns. And, you know, some of his images are like, he says, imagine like a pond, and it's always covered with algae and slime. He says, well, that's when the mind is ill will. You look at that, you can't see your face in it. Or it's all bubbling and seething, and turbulent, like restlessness, you can't see your face in it. Yeah, and he gives different illustrations for each of the hindrances, but every one of them is like you can't see your own face. <laughs> in this, you can't see your own true face. In this, you see this muddy, congested heap when you think as you. Yeah. If it's clear, then you can see your face. Oh, that's bright, steady. Mm. 
So hindrance is, yeah, it's, it's a kind of, it's a sobering reflection that this is what we have to meet. And yet the Buddha is telling you the truth. He's also saying, this is not an ultimate truth. This is a truth of this, the disfiguration of, of citta. If it's clear, then you can, you can see clearly. And these turbulences have to be seen for what they are. And then developing upaya, skillful means to counteract them. Find where you, the strong place, your resolution place, your place where you feel you can find ground. It could be walking, I mean, don't mean physical ground, it could be walking, standing, chanting, practicing metta, wherever, you know, you find this is where I can do this. I've got a handhold here, hindrances aren't swamping me in this place. Strengthen that and you develop from there. Pick up the energy and the clarity and the vigor from that and start to spread it. And this skill of, of suffusing or spreading is, is particular to, to um, meditation practice. Because it's not the way of the senses. They don't suffuse. They, you, you get something or you have it and you taste it and it's gone. But the suffusing quality is much steadier. Like the way that steam moves through something. Steaming vegetables or... You know, like mist moves through things. It's like a, not a sudden flash, but a steady pervading, a permeating. Yeah, and this occurs, well, it's most characteristically noted in, in the practices of loving kindness and goodwill, where you, you touch the difficult place, and you don't react to it, you don't withdraw from it, you don't speculate about it, you don't argue with it that place where it's difficult or withdrawn or harsh or ungrateful or ungracious towards oneself or towards others you just keep the heart of goodwill right there without wavering and then you find it, what occur is that the forces of negativity they're not getting any food you're not, fight, you're not fighting with them and gradually the jitta settles into the quality of goodwill and the ill will subsides and you can do this in your own body when you're getting these difficult somatic experiences just find out where you feel some, some strength or some steadiness in your body stay there and then begin to gently widen your awareness to include areas that are less steady and particularly if you can pick up the rhythm of breathing it helps this process of permeating which is like a, a steady suffusing of good energy through the body and this is not something that happens in a minute or two so you know I don't know how long it takes it depends how, how stuck things are yeah and it's not that you can get it all done in one night or one day or one year. Who knows? But what you can do is you can begin to sense, yes, there is a place where I can at least not be totally drenched in that. I can get some perspective on it. And I practice 
to the point to which there's a sense of, you know, clarity. I've gained some clarity here. I've gained some integrity here. I've gained some resilience and some resolve here. I'm not collapsing in this. And there's a little bit of uplift. So remember, you're not, every day you're not going to get good meditations, what you call good meditations every day. A lot of it you're going to be hitting stuff. Had a really nice time yesterday and suddenly it's gone all strange again. You, know, you get these patches of it. So it's not going to be straight line practice. It's going to be curving and faltering and plunging and you know, moving like that. And you, so you get familiar with these particular patterns. And there it is again, the kind of, oh, state. Let's see, you know, remember, remember. Go to where you feel a bit stronger and start practicing there. Finding your, where your back is and your hands are and opening up the areas that can open up. Palms your hands, face, open your eyes. Take a breath or two. Pick up a, a mantra inside because that also the quality of internally chanting has an effect resonances and the mind moving lightly within the body heart moving lightly within the body has a has a resonant effect and then you start saying practice within that resolved mindfulness practicing dhamma vijaya which you start to explore so yeah, in a way we do want to clear these hindrances, but this simplistic idea of just bang, knock it out, isn't <laughs> always going to work. Yeah. You explore, how does this affect the skin? Uh, is my whole body here? Does it feel hard or soft, or fiery or dense or damp? And working around, exploring your body internally, how's the back, how's the face, the hands feel open, mm. you're kind of working within, exploring Dhamma to penetrate this, uh, these effects and create some openings where good energy can move through. But before we can even begin exploration, we have to have that proper foundation where we can gather some resources and strength and then move through, penetrating some of these difficult areas in our experience with goodwill, with clarity and resolve. Mm-hmm. And then you think, okay, yeah, it's not, not fantastic, but yeah, there's a sense of, I'm, I'm, I'm working with this, that's good. And I know what's happening, I'm working with this. There's some sense of uplift. Your faith is restored. When your faith is restored, the doubt disappears. When the ending of doubt, you know, that, that most crippling hindrance of all, more crippling than the other is doubt, then you know, okay, this is just, this is just sense desire. What do you expect? You know, if you've been living in the sense condition for 30, 40 years, you have sense desire. It's not, it's simple. Obviously, so how do you deal with it? You know, let's be mature about this. Uh, ask yourself where it goes and where it came from, and notice how it runs through you and the effect of it. 
and you start to and this is where it, this is where you get a sense of so what you know done it had it so what because we're senses are by the time you're probably by the time you're 25 you've had it <laughs> all you're going to get out of the system if you've had it already <laughs> probably by the time you're 15 <laughs> you've done it all so, more or less so okay so you get that sense yeah so what you know and it's also natural for that to be embedded in the system. So it's not like disgrace, it's just there and noticing that. And the sense of mind steps back, not interested. You notice there's the glow of it. It's always the glow that gets you. The kind of heating glow of it. Uh, the passion of that or the passion of aversion or the passion of getting things done getting things my way passion that's it it's not the senses by themselves it's the passion that's the problem good you've seen something yeah. you found the middle way right. so then you know you're starting to see how you can operate within the sense within the sense world so if you learn that much you think, yeah, I've spent some useful time here. I've spent my time usefully. You know, and then we get the unpleasant, the feeling, oh no, I don't want it to be, no, oh, oh no, I don't like it, I don't want this, oh no. <laughs> I kind of whimper, occasional, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> I don't want it cold. <laughs> Come on. You know, there's the little one again, little child again. I don't want it this way, I don't like it that way. Okay, I know, I know, I know. Just remember where you are. You're in the sense world, it's like this. <laughs> you have to meet this. There's nowhere to run. There's a limit to the amount of painkillers you can take. <laughs> meet that. The displeasure. There's got to be room for that to occur without you getting constricted by it. Okay? Yeah. I don't like it, that's all. I don't like it, but I don't have to get into a state with it. <laughs> so you work with the discomfort. Not that you like it, but you don't have to get, you know, invaded by it and then you find this cool place within that if I look around yeah there is some discomfort there, 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 there that's there there's this so this is kind of withdrawal withdrawal which is not a defeat but just not going to mess with it not going to go out and snap and tangle and whimper with it there's a place. Okay, then what's wise now? Maybe this is body. That's as much as it's suitable. Move the body, change the body. Mm-hmm. Go do some walking, relax, refresh. 
but always from that sense of steady, connected purpose. And of course, the psychological displeasure, which is generally much greater than physical <laughs> and more invasive. Yeah. And this is the stuff you think, okay, there's something to be learned here. This is just something to be learned here yeah. about what you know, I'm, what shapes me, a mental formation shapes me by, by trying to get away from the unpleasantness of you know, identity, history. No, no, everybody's identity has got some displeasure in it. It's a formative agent. We're formed by pleasure and pain, psychologically, very simply speaking. So you meet these places you don't want to be with and you don't like yourself, you're not very pleased, you're not... Don't fess around with it. And this is a place where where your strength is going to come in cultivating metta karuna. Not to dismiss things, but just saying, find a place where you're actually freer. You don't have to be an identity or worry about an identity. All identities are flawed. And then you just also... How else could it be? It can't be any other way. They're all like that. Mine is. You don't have to be it and fuss with it. Stepping in, withdrawing. So you're finding yourself unifying around Dhamma. And learning. Learning all the time. So in this we realise there are definitely not all our problems are over and it's going to be fine and so forth but there's something you've learned here you put some energy in you put time in and you get results and that's what we need to recollect, remember and it gives us the encouragement to continue our practice the next set of challenges something to be learned here, some skills to be acquired here. Keep your integrity, keep your sense of honour, keep your confidence, find your Dhamma, practice from there. So tonight is our occasion where we are encouraging a, a group vigilance, making an effort in this particular form to, to uh, cultivate wakefulness until... Uh, middle of the night, midnight, and so encourage everyone to make a good effort in accordance with the capacity and resources so that you're gaining benefit from resolution and mindfulness. Mm-hmm.